You are now listening to Capital 263. Free to say it. Free to do it. Welcome to Politics and Beyond on Capital 263. My name is Christopher Farai Charamba. And I'm Tawanda Henry Beatty. And uh, yeah, welcome back. 2017. 2017. Happy New Year, guys. <laughs> yeah, first show of 2017. We decided to take a break. Um, like our leader, President Robert Mugabe, he takes his annual leave at the end of December. He's still throughout not back. January. So we're back before he is. Yeah, you see, <laughs> unfortunately, we don't have the liberty to take such an extended holiday. And we missed you guys. We missed everyone. <laughs> That's true. We also didn't go as far east as he did. Um, but we brought back someone. We did. We did. In the studio with us today. In the studio. What up, Norma? Hi, hi. How, how was your holiday? It was good. Did you go to the Far East? Uh, no, I actually went down south home. City of Kings. Kobulawayo. Yes. Kobulawayo. 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 Yes. Good. I'm gonna so, work on that. On what? On, on, you need to No, I did. I promised that 2017 I would learn Tevele. So, can so you, uh, who's going to be teaching you? Norma. All right. Okay. Charges $50 a lesson. <laughs> uh, we can work on that. Anyway, okay. for, um, for this show today, guys, um, just catching up on a couple of issues that have been hot on these tweets. And on the streets as well. Um, I think we're going to start off with uh, that mug or this mug. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we'd taken a bit of a break and it looks like in our absence there was a storm in a teacup uh, that erupted um, with the vice president, the big boss himself. Hey, let me not say that. He is a boss. He, he is, is a boss, boss in his own no, house. No, no, don't, don't take it away from him. He is a boss. Canary acting president. Currently, he is the president. Whether you want to say acting or not. Because you are playing for Lacoste. Um, <laughs> problem is that friends from everywhere will be very worried for me. <laughs> but, he, but, but, okay, he's not the boss at the moment cause because pres- uh, acting president Mpoko is the acting, acting president. president. Um, so, yeah, um, we've got that. Um, then uh, the Bikita West by-election, um, which is happening this weekend, isn't it? Yes, the 21st of January, January which is um, on Saturday. And then um, uh, Honorable Timber Maliswa and his uh, press conference, which was yesterday, was, uh, was it yesterday? It yeah, was, t- yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, also his uh, purported idea of the third force, um, we'll tell you all about that. And of course, our guest, Nomaliso, has some news for us. <laughs> <laughs> Things are happening. Uh, new Year, New Me as well. Yeah, yeah, New Year, New Me, definitely. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's, let's just hop straight into it. Um, yeah, don't forget you're listening to the best political podcast. Are we still, I don't even know if we're still the only one. There's some just own it, guys. Just own it. We're the already. best. You're we're the, the best. best. Not by virtue of being the only one, but just by virtue of being the best. Guys, guys, guys. MBC um, is doing it to think they're the biggest political party. <laughs> to own it. Let's just go with it. Yeah, this is where it's fun to have Roma here. Um, so, yeah, uh, the vice president, uh, while he was acting president, had a New Year's party. Was it a New Year's party? It, I think it was, it was a, just, it was just a, a gathering at his house. A, a gathering at his house um, sometime during the holiday. 
It was on the 31st of December. So it was a New Year's party. Into the New Year. Was it a New Year's party or Christmas party? It was a New Year's one, I think. Well, I saw it all everywhere. Twitter and everything was blasting by the 31st. Yeah. So and Jonathan came to these streets too early on the second. On the second, yeah. When we were still bubbling, when you were still on leave as well. (laughs) Um, So yeah, he got uh, pictured. Um, Initially, the photo, the first photos that came out were with uh, Energy Mutodu, Mutodi, Mutodi, who the Herald describes as. uh, what uh, someone who masquerades as a member of parliament, um, but uh, the I think Herald a, or Jonathan? No, it wasn't the Herald. It wasn't the Herald. Um, <laughs> he's a, as Sanopia uh, functionary of sorts. I don't know if he holds an official position. I didn't actually find anything on that. Um, but yeah, he's a connected guy, businessman. Chi chi chi. Um, Man of many opinions, <laughs> if you ask me. Chi 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 means kukia kia in this in this instance. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a you know, he strikes me as one of these guys that have um, made their money by being uh, uh, well feeding off the belly of the beast, as, as, as I would say. Mm. Um, but he posted some pictures um, uh, on social media of him and uh, the vice president. Um, and the vice president would, was holding a very nice mug, um, which uh, declared in bold blue writing, I am the boss. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think the real, it only became news. Um, because no one really cares what's going on in his house. Uh, Thank you. It only became news uh, when uh, our minister in chief of Twitter, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan uh, Moyo, decided to to make it something um, to read more into the message than uh, than there was. Uh, Chris, uh, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think that was a whole bunch of nonsense, to be quite honest. But um, I have to say, it was a pun intended, like it or not. They yeah, put it up course. there to rough up his feathers and everyone else who subscribed to the G40, who no one wants to own this thing. At least Lacoste has the balls to own their faction. Look, of course it was unfortunate in uh, Vice President Munangagwa's um, side that he ended up having these pictures on the internet. How is it unfortunate when you're posing for a smartphone? What do you think is going no, to happen? Of course, look. What, what, I'm what do you is, think is going I'm, to happen? What I'm saying is what was unfortunate is that what people have then read into it, it's a, it's a coffee mug that says, I am a boss. Whether he's a boss in his home, whether he's a boss, farm kwake, whatever businesses, even in his office as minister of whatever, Pavano Pinda, when they go inside and they say, Mamuka say chef, or how are you doing, boss, it's the same thing. So there's really not much to go on and read into the, this, except that those... Uh, Mr. Vice G40 President, alleged <laughs> with all due respect, have taken it, you know, it's a not, bit too far. I have a message for the Vice President. With all due respect, drinking whiskey from a mug is not boss behavior. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, to be. It's not boss behavior. But no, but we, we might be laughing at the mug. I think the insinuations were more sinister. And in as far as that, uh, it wasn't just um, Todika at that meeting. Uh, further pictures then came out of. Uh, Ziambi Ziambi, um, Tungai Msengami, um, who, the expelled who, guys. who were expelled. So um, apparently this, uh, this event was, uh, there were at least 15 current and expelled uh, uh, Zanopiev uh, functionaries at this uh, New Year's event, uh, um, which seems to be have been booting. But, but you're my friend and you're well, from PDP. You subscribe to Saka, PDP watch, watch, and watch, I subscribe um, to a different party. So the thing is, you, you see, I think why Jonathan had such umbrage with it is because he's a plotter. He was there in Cholotri in 2004. 
So he sees this happening and he thinks there's a mug declaration in 2016. So he knows that um, when a group of people like this get together, they're surely going to talk politics. Of course they're going to they talk politics. They did speak about it. I mean, Ziambi actually admitted in one of the articles to say, okay, we did speak about politics, but nobody said anything bad about the president. I mean, <laughs> you can't but admit look, even if you where, did. Wherever people are gathered, you're going to, in this country, you're going to end up speaking about politics. And there's nothing wrong with speaking about politics. Mm-hmm. I just think, and there's nothing wrong with speaking, with bringing people together who are expelled from ZANPF. Jonathan Moyo himself was once expelled from ZANPF. And... He made his way back. Did he make his way back by sitting on the outside? Clearly, he went to somebody and he started having conversations about coming back into the party. Webster Shamu was um, ex- uh, suspended. He's now back in the party. Francis Nema is another one. He's back in the party. If you're looking to get back in, you're going to actually have to go to speak to people with the influence to bring you back, are you not? I'm worried from Mtsongo. Why so, is he coming back not so Mtsongo. swift? Mtsongo doesn't. Mtsongo <laughs> yeah, is fine. Is still, Mtsongo is still head of the, the war vets. So I no, think but he's, the war vets okay have with... never been something that's owned by ZANU PFU. Yeah, that's that's why that. he's okay with being outside with of him. That's okay. And then Maria Gega, he doesn't have a problem. But I think, you know... So my issue with the whole with the whole mug thing and saying, you know, he was hanging around with people that were expelled and all sorts of things. Look, uh, they could have been his relatives. They could have been his long-time friends. Um, did Masmutasa called the president the other time, whatever they wanted to speak about, you know, maybe he just wanted to check in on his old on old-time his old friend, buddy. You know, but... There's nothing wrong with being in such a situation. But of course, because of the politics at play, the factional politics at play, people are going to insinuate a lot of things from that situation. But those insinuations, it would be naive to not insinuate things from that. Particularly if you see these guys still hold significant influence. You look at um, Lacoste building its own base with with moves. um, And, you know, we'll get to uh, Mr. Honorable Mliso later. But, like, if you believe Kuti, he's... he's, uh, you know, Lacoste is, is, is co-opting a lot of these guys that have on the outside of the party to do their, their legwork. Um, that narrative has been in existence for a long time, um, particularly the whole of last year. And G40 was on the back, back, um, back foot at the end of the year. So these things uh, seem to be too fortuitous for, for someone to ignore. Even if you're not a conspiracy theorist, they, they, there's something going on. Ziambi Ziambi was ex-chair of, of, of Marshallan and uh, West, yeah? Um, mm. So, you know, these are people with power and coming up to an election, the fact that you have all of them together, um, people that, yeah, that we are strategically just, placed, just tra- strategically placed um, for, for a coming election, yeah, um, whether it's Boram Sango, whether they're going to be supporting uh, Lacoste candidates and in the primaries, everything like that, it's politics at play. It is, but you also have to understand that ZANPF is now in an unprecedented situation where it has um, ex-ZANPF members strong ex-ZANPF members on the outside, right? We're going into an election. So for them, they have to consolidate as much power as they they have as ZANPF. Because on the other hand, you have Maimujuru, who is still who is vying for the same people from the same party. She's not going out there looking for MDC candidates. I mean, she'd hope to, you know, they're going into this coalition. (laughs) I'm I'm sure she'd hope to get the support. But where she is strongest is going where home was. Yeah. And all these ex-chairmen who, get, who got thrown out are potential allies. They so are. if 
if I'm playing the politics as Vice President Mnangagwa or as anyone in ZANU-PF, I'd be looking at the situation and saying, okay, there's these ex-chairmen, they haven't allied themselves with anyone yet. If we don't bring them in, then they're going to go there. And because they were chairman of provinces, they, they have so have much influence. Yeah. yeah, they have so much influence. But the thing so is, is, he, them is he gathering power for ZANU-PF or for himself? Is uh, the, point, the point is, is he is, still is, remains is, ZANU-PF. Is, is the political missile going to have access to these people for their campaigning mechanisms or are they going to be run from this parallel structure, from the, the Team Lacoste parallel structure, which I think is the case? Yeah, my, but, my take on that is, first thing is that the, the mug was a pun intended. They, 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 did it. They, yeah. they did it so that they could ruffle feathers and Jonathan just fell into that one. But anyway, going on to that is that for me, he's aligning for primary elections. The moment he wins the primary election, everyone in ZANU-PF knows that they need to wake up because the moment the coalition of the opposition parties happens, it's late for them to say continue with their factionalism. They know that. So so he wants to control ZANU before, by, by the primaries. By the prim- if he wins wants to the be primaries. Lacoste wants to be in charge of primaries and then, then there's no Boram it, it, it follows. Nothing, it's it follows. Just, it's I, I, I agree. I actually agree yeah. with that. Um, and I don't know, G40 is floundering. They're busy fighting Econet. No, no, they're not actually. Yeah, no, they're Wait, not. what do you mean? Sorry, super is Lacoste? <laughs> yeah, Super is Lacoste, isn't he? Something I, I, learned, I, learned, I learned recently. I stand corrected. <laughs> No, Lagos is fighting Econet. Lagos will fight Amunwezi. G40 has um, its own issues with chairmen of the provinces and or oh, not being confirmed and things like yeah. that. Yeah. So, but does this mean that factionalism is going to be the story that we're rolling with in like these uncertain fact. times? It's I mean, fact, it is a yeah. fact. We acknowledge that it exists. I don't know why they are still oblivious and trying not to accept that it exists in their own party. But is it something that? Anyone who's on the outside, for instance, me and you, Charamba, are you inside or outside? Inside what? <laughs> no way. <laughs> inside the faction. Inside the faction game There's or outside. There's a very interesting graphic here is, is, that is, I'm is, going to tweet <laughs> on the account for anyone who's interested to know who's in Lacoste. <laughs> and just look for any familiar names there. <laughs> but yeah, well, the point is for... For oppositions, I think it's very critical for them to take advantage of that. Well done to Maim Juru. She's actually taking on that. She should try and find the money to buy the chairmans. Everyone is buyable. That's yeah, what I think, especially if they are from ZANU-PF. You know, for me, it's <laughs> factionalism will be an issue up until a point, I think. I think they're going to end up having a marriage of convenience where they will realize that, look, if we don't play ball with each other, then something, then we won't win in 2018. I have a prediction. Yes, tell me. By end of October, uh-huh. if that prophecy is true, they will marry each they, If it's untrue, <laughs> they will get in line. If think, it's untrue, they'll I get in line. I think um, my, my prediction is that um, whoever's more dominant at the end of this year, and I'm, my money is on, on Lacoste faction, um, is going to sacrifice a lot of a lot of um, uh, a lot of these uh, G40 people. You will find that you know people like Savior might struggle to win, or Jonathan might struggle to win Cholojo again. Um, Savior might be be working so hard in his own constituency he can't be around because there's a challenge, serious challenge coming from from other places. These guys that came in um, from by-elections and Terence mm-hmm. Makupe and Arara East, they'll receive no part, no support from the party, and there'll be sacrificial lambs in in as far as that. You can still win an election, but you know acceptable losses with with people that you're willing to get rid of rid of um, from the party. Yeah. 
Speaking of elections, there's an interesting one coming up this weekend, Pikita West, and the only reason I think it's interesting, or one of the reasons, is that uh, it's Pikita is in Mashingo province, yeah. which is the home province of, of Vice of President, President Nanga. Oh, My is, the I she's also from Dotito. Dotito. Where's, that's a constituency, is Dotito, yeah? Yes. Oh, serious. Much uh, central? Yeah, I think so. We can look it up and then uh, we'll get back to you. But so, Bikita West is uh, used to be held uh, by the convicted rapist, uh, Mnyara Zikereke, someone uh, I have no love for. Um, well, I don't know if you, uh, if uh, anyone's heard of the story, but I think we, we mentioned it in the um, in the uh, judge. In the, in the previous in, podcast. In yeah, the previous, yeah. yeah we, so we mentioned Kereke in the previous podcast. Um, he ran as independent and then crossed the aisle to join ZANU-PF, something you can't do anymore under this constitution. But um, So it was effectively a seat that was held by an independent. And um, at the moment, uh, you have uh, a few political parties there. I think there's uh, the NCA is fielding, um, National Constitutional Assembly is fielding a candidate, um, ZANU-PF, of course. And interestingly, uh, Zimbabwe People's First is, uh, you know, wetting their feet for the first time electorally. Um, <laughs> so they feel that a candidate for the first time in an election. So it's an interesting mix of, of people. Yeah, so you have um, Beauty Chabaya, who is the ZANPF candidate. You have um, Kudakwashe Gopo, who is the ZIMPF candidate. You have Zikamai... Oh, no. No, sorry. Um, Madok Chivasa, who is the National Constitutional yes. Assembly candidate. Uh, you have an independent candidate, Heya Shoko, and Innocent Muzimbiri. Is also independent. Is, is also an independent candidate. Yeah. Um, so, no, and then you have Terence Makumbo from Progressive Democrats of, of Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe Party. Okay. So you have quite a number of candidates uh, in this one, but the main ones for me will certainly be Beauty Chabaya and um, Gopo. Gopo. Yeah, Kudakwashe Gopo from ZIMPF. As I was saying, this is... Why are we uh, disregarding any of the independents, though? It's actually... No, the independent candidate guy has the support of the MDCT if my, my information <laughs> is not... Is not uh, Guys... I think, not, in I fact, think, my information is from Mr. Meliso's press conference. Yeah, in, yeah. in, in, in Angu Buruka <laughs> was a litmus, a litmus test whether Tangerai wants to admit it or not that if they don't participate and they don't offer anyone support, they shouldn't expect anyone to align with them. And if the independent thinks Mr. Twangirai and the NTCT is on board, you'll be surprised. Why I will disregard is because for this one, ZANU-PF, it's a must-win. It's a must-win for the Lacoste faction because it's, um, it's, in, it's, in, it's in his home. Yeah, it's, in, it's in Nangago's home province. And if they lose, if he were to lose this... Um, election, then it's quite telling in the sense that the G40 faction can go back and say, well, look, you guys, you can't win in your home faction, right? Home Which, and and this, this is happening at a time when the president is away. Yeah. So right now, all the cards are at play. I mean, you can sort of do what you want because there's no oversight. There's no hand coming in and stopping you at the last hour. So it's quite serious, I think, in terms of that. Also, I, I, I'll discount the independent candidates as well in the sense that ZIMPF is also in the running yes. and they will definitely take a huge chunk, chunk of, of the, the votes. Vote. So if an independent candidate were to be running with the support of 
all the opposition parties, then certainly. But right now, ZIMPF has a point to prove. It's out to show that, you know... It's a, it's a, it's it's a, a force to be reckoned Yeah, it's a formidable party. And that's why I think head-to-head, it's going to be ZANPF, ZIMPF. Okay, Just enough. the two I'll, of them. But um, I don't know, with all this talk of coalitions, you would think that there would have been more support from, you know, the MDCT or anyone for... for I mean, particularly the MDCT, seeing as they've already announced in the papers that they're they're basically about to consummate their relationship <laughs> um, for, for, for the ZIMPF candidate. Um, from the get-go, it just seems that, look, there's nothing else going on. And I've made this point before. There's no other election in the whole entire country. You have a whole party with whole structures and you have all your funding. Like you can, you can, you can Who literally... Who has funding in this regard? I'm saying ZIMPF with any funding that they have should all be in Bikita West right now. But um, from... From what I've heard on the uh, on the ground, um, it doesn't seem to that they've made that many inroads in, in this short space of time. I don't know if you've, if you've heard anything different. The way I see it, I don't think these opposition parties want to make a first move in terms of support, in the sense that right now they both they all the opposition parties are looking for the upper hand, so to speak. So they want to go to the coalition and say, look, um, you came to I have, us. Yeah, I have all of this, so I should be in charge type thing. But so then if, this... if MDCT gives its support now and then uh, the Bikita and then ZIMPF candidate wins, then it's about who has more leverage in that sense. That's what I'm thinking about this whole situation. I, I'm bit <laughs> to defend that position because if anything, Opposition parties are busy listening to their own the sound of their own voices, such that you think that this whole idea that MDCT is the biggest opposition could be a complete fa- a complete fallacy in in its entirety. And so going on and supporting ZIMPF should actually Bikita West is the only election that we have to actually prove that the idea of the coalition or the principle in itself could work, regardless whether the coalition happens at executive level or entirely for the rest of the election from councillors, MPs, this was supposed to be the test. But you find people saying, ah, you know, like... I think, but, but then also you have to think about it in the sense that we are in January 2017. Elections are next year, June. July, that's latest. June, right? So that's, what, a year and a half, yeah, 18, 18 months, months or so? Or so. If they go into this coalition today and say, Bikita West, we are, you know, having this agreement in terms of support, and they lose. That would be a massive hit to whatever coalition aspirations they are. But what, fact, what are it, the chances of loss with the clear-cut strategy of, you know what, resources, guy. The thing is, you, you have to realize that I don't. I think Bikita is different from Norton in as far as that it's a 100% rural constituency. Um, I think that even when Kereke left, um, uh, the vice president and at least his proxies were still making headway and on the ground in Bikita. Um, so it would need like a serious amount of work to to turn that that constituency around. Even though Kereke won as an independent, but he wasn't truly independent in the truest sense of the word because he's always been. Um, well known to be, uh, you know, a ally. Uh, a Lacoste ally, to be specific. <laughs> um, so, you know, and then on the issue of the coalition, I think, you know, regardless of anything else that's going on, 
right now is too early for the coalition to announce their intentions. There's never going to be a time, especially when you want to be encouraging people like us, the millennials, that you want us to vote. But the thing There's is, there's never going to be better, a time than it's, now. It's no, no, no. It's be, because you have to realize the people at play. Yeah? Because you put Shangrai, Mujuru, uh, BT, Mube, Jabengwa in a room for 18 months, there's someone who die. Right, so, okay, so they'll kill each other. other they'll kill each other. So, what's probably best is that they negotiate for perhaps the best part of nine months a year, and then they announce the coalition for purposes of a campaign in the election. And at that time, Rita would have closed down voter registration. Things. Yeah, don't, but don't, you know, independently, the parties can be making people go and register to vote. Um, I agree with you. Kuti, there's, it's, but it's probably more dangerous for them to be together for a long time and then start fighting over resources, start fighting over who, which MP is going where. It's better Those that they, they, saw, they saw that, you know, in those uh-huh. people, I suppose. <laughs> better they no. come with momentum towards election. Everyone knows about coalition. It's been talked about for the last nine months. So our campaign at TSA and we're using all of that. The, for me, the coalition is a huge problem in the sense that they just can't agree on I'd, I'd like to think that this is a basic issue and they can't agree on that in the sense that guys look there is a Zimpf candidate you guys we just want you to offer your support Shangri doesn't even have to go out to the rallies they don't even have to do any public announcements but they have structures on the ground there in the sense that they've campaigned out there before they have people that they must know there Unless they really don't. And but that's because factionalism isn't only unique uh, to, to ZANU-PF. It's also MDCT. And there's a yeah, large, large the part of MDCT that doesn't want a coalition. Because if they've got safe the seats, they've got they, Kwazana, they don't have those you know, they're vice anymore. presidents. So if they lose in 2018, I'm sure by 2023, they'll be old enough to run for president. So they'll have no problem with, with trying to form a coalition <laughs> when they're in charge of, of the party. <laughs> So, <laughs> it's not like you're talking about a specific individual. Uh, but look, hey, look, MDC has three vice presidents. You can choose which one I'm talking about. Wow, well, well. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's uh, that's a basic rundown of of the Bigita West election, which is, I don't know, it's a proxy war for for everything else that's going on in this uh, lovely country of ours. Really, for all the factionalism. My money though yeah. is on ZMPF. I really hope they do win Bobo this one. Win? Yeah. I um I I tend to err uh, to with um. Mr. Melissa's assessment that uh, ZANU PF is going to walk all over everyone there. I'm telling you, ZANU PF is. Are they going to beat people? I don't think uh, they've already started. They've already already started. There's been reports of violence. There's been reports of um, violence, though. Melissa but that do you know the way we are actually much. talking about this right now? It sounds like it's very normal for the fact that we expect ZANU-PF to beat up people in <laughs> elections. But we do. Unfortunately, we, we do. We are kind of not even condoning it. I do. It, no, it's, no, no, it's no. Very we're problematic. It. We condemn it. No, you're correct. We have yeah, been a bit, you know, uh, we're we're, a bit we're, flippant we're, about <laughs> political violence. But I think, yeah, that's how normalized it is. Yeah. Um, thanks for checking us there because yeah. Yeah, that was like, yeah, people are being busy. <laughs> though, so, though, <laughs> though, um, at his presser yesterday, uh, Temba Meliswa did allude to the fact that, or actually say that violence, electoral violence has uh, subsided in recent years. And he doesn't believe that there was much electoral violence happening there. But we, there are countless think, reports of it all the time in terms of, as well, not just electoral violence, but, you know, coercion, boat fighting, and all sorts of other forms of intimidation and rigging so we'll see how this one plays out yeah so um, we've been talking about his press conference a lot yeah, um, I it. yeah it was uh 
I don't know. It was uh, <laughs> there was a lot in it that was press a conference. There was a lot in that in that mm-hmm. press conference, and I think he's been watching American politics because what you do with the media is you say so much that there's so many different stories that the, some of the things actually uh, go uh, unmentioned, um, particularly when there's uh, state media looking for propaganda. Um, he said Zanpier for winning Pikita, and that's the story that <laughs> the, the, the Herald I, I'm, I'm going the, with the, the, compi- way... the conspiracy theory that Tembam wants to align with Lacoste. But he's not. But, but he, no, said, but he said it himself. He said that it. he's aligning with them. He when he walked said, into parliament. That's what he said. The first thing he said when he walked into parliament is I'm Lacoste representative here. <laughs> 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 huh? And then. Um, <laughs> And if yesterday listen, he said he was uh, Mnangagwa's cousin. cousin. So we have no, we have no, uh, we are not under any illusions about not that. Not people, please be clever. 2018 is very close by. Not on people, if you're getting be, things. Please if be very clever. If your roads are fixed, if, you're, if you've got ma, ma bo, <laughs> Vote with your tummies. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, he, the main gist of that press conference was launching uh, this idea. Um, of the third force, um, which to quote him or to paraphrase him is, is uh, uh, sorry, uh, to paraphrase him is a unique opportunity to bridge the political divide um, with a common uh, goal that's missing from Zim politics at the moment. What uh, is this? Um, his argument is that uh, there's lots of people, and um, uh, this is a paraphrasing, but um, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll retweet the link um, for the full. Uh, thing on our on our Facebook page and on uh, our Twitter pa- page as well, um, but the, the argument is that there's lots of people that are left out of ZANU-PF politics and opposition politics at the at the moment. Um, you consider the war vets who've said that they're not backing um, Mugabe or a faction of the war vets who've said they're not backing Mugabe in 2018 aren't aligned to anyone in particular. Um, you consider young people like yourself who. You know, uh, like myself, who not necessarily will find a home with any opposition party, especially if you want to contest. Um, you will find uh, businessmen, uh, young uh, children of war vets, young businessmen who have their own resources but don't necessarily want to get down and dirty with uh, some of these old madalas in the um, in the party. So that's what uh, Third Force is. It's a uh, it's a political action group or coalition. What was his thing again? The student yard. Yard, yard, yard. Yeah, like whatever happened to that thing? No, it's yard, still is, yard is firing. No, existence. Uh, no, no, no. Exists. So, so, PDP still exists. Correct, no, correct me if I'm wrong. If, if, if the, the, the president of the SRC had used it now as yard. No, he's yes. not. Yes. He aligned with pretty much everybody uh, to win that election. But he was a yard. When he got into the office, he's like, uh, so yeah, uh, guys. We'll call him on and we'll ask him no, himself. No, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. But we'll call him on and Anna. He but, was very but, clear about his independence. Okay, I mean, so, he, he had Yad supporting him greatly. Anyway, that's where we're, we're, we're yeah, digressing, we're digressing <laughs> from, from the main. But basically what Temba was saying was this. Six million people on the voters' roll, three million people voted. He's targeting the other three million people. So he said, I'm not even going for ZAN-PF um, constituents and well, all that's, or that's MDC the same constituents. Target, yeah, AC plus the other ones who are not Yeah, but but, but, but Temba, to, Temba's benefit is that he's won an election. election and he knows how to and win he knows how, how to win, win elections. elections so if i was a, a rich I'm rolling my eyes if i was a, if i was at any resources and i decided where my mother is from i'm coming from diaspora and i want to win an election and i've got money to spend 
I would go to Timba <laughs> and say I will run as an independent. How did you win? Can no, you show you me how to win? You Look. know what? I, I think maybe Timba would have worked best if he was trying to have a coordination of a network of independence. Or that's, what, that's basically that's what, what it he's is. doing. That's exactly what that's it is. That's exactly what he's doing. Is that's exactly what he said, is that there's all these people who don't have political homes. And he says, we need to move away from the idea that for you to hold a parliamentary seat or a seat in office, you have to come from a political party. So Would you vote for an independent candidate for presidency? For presidency? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't measure the, 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 the viability of them winning. Would you vote? It depends on who it is. What's your ideal person who could probably stand up as an independent? I, I can't think of somebody off the top. Look, if, if Strive ran as an independent, would you vote for him? No. Strive, <laughs> Strive no. never, guys. Like, come on. I know he's not very popular <laughs> right, right now. now. No, but it's got, um, it's, what he did to my me, data last no, week. <laughs> for me, it's got nothing. I, personally, I'd like to just excuse him from that one. Boeni must get in the grill for that. But... Uh, you know what, Strive is not really like a political pusher-mover type of person. If he had to run, he would probably win for the fact that everyone knows after Mugabe, Strive Masio in terms of popularity. But in terms of electoral <laughs> no, results. No, no, no. <laughs> 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 you can't tell me who can tell me they know Strive before they know Mugabe. Okay, we're digressing but what I'll say is that in terms of an independent, they'd have to be a very strong um, individual in terms of character because mm-hmm. if you're winning as an independent, you're going to have to form a government of coalition. Which is true. But so, so for me, that's probably where I'd, you know, fault on that. But I have no problem with my, parli- my MP being an independent, Absolutely. which is basically what Temba is pushing for. So this could uh, force... Well, well, I guess he, um, he should he, he's pulling... Temba sometime soon. <laughs> He was pulling out more, there was, it was a more nuanced argument in as far as um, he spoke about how, um, if you look at how elections have been won in Zim, it's very difficult to win an election without ZANU-PF. And the Herald ran the article saying you can't win an election without ZANU-PF. But the point was more nuanced than that. He was saying that uh, you need a component of ZANU-PF, whether be it war vets or ex-ZANU-PF members um, who have been winning elections for better or for worse on the ground for 37 years. Um, and the thing is, it's, it's almost true because, you know, in the ascendancy of the MDC, when they started, they had a lot of um, ex Zanopiev, uh, you know, officials. Pe- officials who turned into political, into, into opposition politicians. In fact, Bogan Shangri himself was in Zanopiev at some point. But that's the point is, the point is, he's. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I was never in Zanu. You, you, you always want to excuse yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, you know th- what he was saying is that if if opposition parties keep ignoring these facts and keep complaining about vote rigging, ballot stuffing, violence, and 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 things that we know Zanu does, and instead of uh, you know Zimpia, for example, going to court and a web sashamu people who were outside of the party at that time, they went and started taking people from PDP, taking people from opposition. Could you, you, can, you can have all the opposition you want, but you're not going to win an election. That was his point. And uh, I think Third Force is going to try and like bring together Mawov, Vetsana, Anam Sangwa, you know, disgruntled uh, ZANU-PF uh, people. In fact, his uh, Third Force has a political com- commissar. Um, oh, so it's my, a political you know, party. The, you know what? My, my, I would like to say the Marxists... Uh, <laughs> Because everyone's uh, um, Godfrey Sin, uh, who was what was he? Um, 
he was I think he was in Zanopi if he was in Marshall and West with uh, with Mr. Meliso as well. Um so you know he's the political commissar of of um of the third force and they'll be announcing candidates from the opposition and some apparently is do, you know the, do you know any of the of the names of potential candidates no i only know there was a list that went around but i don't know how far it was but that list had like uh, uh people like patson zamara it had people like analinda um some activists on it uh but um i saw it on a on a politics group and it was since disputed by by everyone or the people that were on the group that were on the list um, but some of them have actually then gone on and said that they're they're moving away from their political homes to do this third force thing. Huh. So, so Kemba seriously has some grounding. I think um, uh, he's just playing to the to the worst uh, worst uh, I don't know the worst fears of 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 Zimbabwean people um, or you know they people are greedy people want power so people saw what Kemba did. Uh, My only problem in, in is Norton that if, and believe they can replace it. I've got the list. Yeah, I'll um, just try and find out some names that uh, stick out to me. Um, <laughs> Patson Zamara, Sibanda in Makokoba, Eguvariro in Masungo South, Tengazu in Norton, Garwe in Marondra Central, Musona in Darwin North. Um, Patson Zamara is, is running for where? Um, I don't know. I didn't. It didn't say. That's, so that's that's quite an interesting list. Um, anyway, for of me, names. for as long as Temba aligns with Nangagwa for reasons best known for me as a lawyer girl, Matabeland, who's got <laughs> parents who just don't understand what happened when they lost their own parents and brothers, it's going to be very difficult. And his commentary on Kukuraundi, just personally, I was just like, it's a whole shit lot of bull. Um, you know, like, <laughs> so, yeah. you don't speak about things that you don't know. So we we try to um, avoid. So, she asked on Patson Zamara, apparently Highfield West, and uh, the political commissar is uh, Godfrey Tseninga, Tseninga, Tseninga. Yeah, it's not an easy name, so yeah, it wasn't just God, me. <laughs> Godfrey Tseninga, which is, it's quite interesting that he's taken a, um, this whole political commissar route. He's taken a former youth chairman. Uh, for me, he's trying to, you know, galvanize young people. And he did say more than half of the parliamentary seats that they're going for yeah. should be occupied by young people, so under the age of thirty-five. Yeah, this is very problematic. So Why is the thing there is, you need to talk there's... of AC Lumumba in here. <laughs> <laughs> you tell us. You yeah, are, actually, you're, while, you're, while we're on the subject, you're his chair, uh, his vice chairperson. Uh, no, 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 no. Not as, not as of yesterday at eight a.m. No, officially resigned. So, yeah. You resigned from Viva. From yeah. Viva's and, I, re and I resigned were... from my position as vice chair. And Are therefore you still a caring member? No, I, I deassociated myself with the organization entirely. Why? Um, I gave my reasons in the letter. And I what? gave you guys the privilege of getting to the letter. Uh, so can we, can we but, quote from the letter oh, or you want to, <laughs> to give us? We have you no, here. There's no but, point reading okay, the letter. Okay, the, the holistic reason was that... Um, you know, I, I've said this before, even in my previous inter the previous contribution that I made, that I don't believe that politics and national service is a career. And when you look into it, I haven't really actually built anything to actually say, okay, yeah, I can leave my career. Let me like do national service and not want to benefit thoroughly from it competing with actually my peers who are in the business world. Which is a cycle that we're trying to break tomorrow. And I don't want to be that person. And I hope that most of us can realize that as young people. I'm not saying that there's no space for us to discuss discourse 
political discourse and governance issues. There is, but we need to realize that sooner rather than later because in the next 40 years, it's going to be our kids sitting here doing a podcast telling us how very crappy and shitty we are for what we're doing. And I don't want to be part of that group pretty much. So Preach. that's why. Preach. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, no, you, you, you brought out some very... That politics is not a career, no matter yeah. how much you want it to be. <laughs> yeah. Talking about politics, though, could be. <laughs> but um, so yeah, what? I mean, what um, besides your money. besides your studies? Uh, besides my studies, any, um, any any exciting projects we can look out for you? Besides, uh, so now you can come onto the podcast every once a month. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. But um, the current ones, I've got non 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 money making type of projects that we're doing. I'm currently partnership and publicity officer for Campus Community Foundation. Okay. I'm sure you guys heard about it. Uh, it yeah, the ministry kind of helped with some publicity. I'm putting quotes on that. Um, yeah, we're doing a mentorship program for other people, but it's an NGO that really tries to bridge the gap between theoretical studies and practical studies in the industry and university students. And um, in business, there's a few friends. So you're moving out of politics. Into well, I'm moving the, out of politics. Into, into the NGO sector. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, 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 that's my then contribution to the community in as far as trying to make a change is concerned but then business wise yeah i've got a few two three business ventures that i'm getting into so yeah they and need my utmost attention we we wish you the best of luck so, in that so you. ac is losing a lot of women in his life <laughs> uh, 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 i didn't see that one coming uh, but yeah i guess um, but i'm leaving for, beaver not ac i've always made this clear um for those that don't know um uh ac uh was in H Metro. I'm going to report this as just news. Yeah. Um, came out in H Metro and was saying that he was uh, uh, was happy to get his passport back because his uh, girlfriend um, from South Africa, who is uh, apparently some uh, business person's daughter or I don't know, a minister's ANC associated. Fana Shlongwane's daughter. Yeah. So. And Fana Shlongwane, uh, he was involved in arms deals in South Africa. Is he what? That, that Mandela one as well. Yeah. Is he the one involved in that one? Yeah. That's long money, guys. That's serious <laughs> money. So, generational wealth. This is generational wealth. Um, so apparently, uh, yeah, AC claimed, claimed. Alleged. <laughs> they were allegedly in a relationship. He's a claimer. Hey, guys, no, he's like, a claimer. He claimed he was dating uh, Lerato Shlongwane and that she was you know worried what? about you him. And that he, he was worried he wouldn't get his passport. And she was asking him to come back to South Africa. And then when investigations were done, she said, no, that's not... It wasn't investigations. They just asked for a comment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but can I ask? Like, um, he you, didn't have why his passport. are you asking our guy to come to South Africa when he's got work to do? No, ma- he didn't have his passport. So how did the Viva hold that conference? Which conference? That... that rally in Kempton Park. Uh-huh. No, he traveled to South Africa. He came back and then he went back to court. He, he, he had, so he had, I'm saying he had, he had applied. A, no, no, no. He had actually applied for... Because the bail conditions were set a long time ago. I know, but oh. then he applied for a provision that he can be given his passport to travel because he was trying to fix up something that had to do with family issues and stuff. So he was given on those... Family grounds. with fun. That, that, with just, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that hey, just hey, sounds hey, like AC being a convent to me. But yeah, no, um, he, he's a claimer. Um, yeah. Point blank. Yes, um... So that 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 was basically that. Um, I think we mentioned a lot of things that might need a little bit of context. Um, we kept talking about the uh, the Meliso as just a wrap up. We kept talking about the Meliso interview. Um, 
263chat.com uh, has some video on it up at the moment, uh, as well as um, we'll also tweet um, links for, for all the audio. Um, we kept talking about Econet. Um, if you guys don't know, uh, <laughs> there was a whole nother podcast that might happen, but uh, about data prices going up, um, just the cost of... Uh, Data or data. Yeah, I think um, Nino and the other guys. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Nino and businesses went, went through, through it. As well. So, um, if you're on Capital Two Six Three, um, look out for some of those podcasts that actually do discuss um, the data prices. And uh, yeah, it was. Do you guys think that it was really a political? It was political. Everything in this country. Is political. No, 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 no. I mean, as in. You know, like looking back at how it played out. Anything it, it that involves a minister of government in this country is political. And so should, 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 do you think that regulatory bodies make things very difficult for business to exist without government regulating them? No, no, no. Government regulation is not a is not an issue, right? But it's the way in which these things are then uh, communicated, used, used, used as instruments. I mean, for example. Potras, as a regulator, has been accused of having different standards for the different operators in the, the industry. So in that sense, already you've got politics at play. And it's unfortunate that one is, there's now two government-owned. Two government-owned and one um, independent and one or private. Uh, <laughs> telecommunications one. company. But, you know, that's a the, whole other topic that we'll get into one day we actually must discuss the issue of parastatals in this country. Yeah, no, yeah. we. I yeah. think because that's what actually, we'll talk about. Um, corruption and parastatals. Uh, it actually hurts me. A four-hour podcast. Uh, uh, no, actually, yeah, it should start from the the fundamentals of what corruption is, which is which is a space that I feel like oh, we young people need. <laughs> and on that bombshell. <laughs> yeah, it's a mic drop. <laughs> Well, um, thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to uh, Politics and Beyond on Capital 26 Free. Free, to it, free to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, uh, the tagline. My name is Christopher Farai Charamba at Chris Charamba on all social media. And my name is Nomali Sangube, Flaming Arrow on all social media, where I strike a set ablaze. <laughs> and I'm uh, Tawanda Henry BT at Henry BT on all social media. Um, deleted my Instagram. Sorry, guys. But fun is <laughs> <laughs> Um. Anyway, thanks, guys. Bye. And now, Capital Two Six Freeze.